you don't make mistakes. It's just a lesson that you've not learned. And until you learn the lesson, that thing is going to keep happening to you again and again and again. Never ignore that small voice that speaks to you from the inside. Listen to that small voice. And when the time is right, be bold. Ask for the moon. You never know what you will receive those bold steps can lead to unexpected blessings and unexpected opportunities. Welcome to yet another episode of the Next Level on Purpose podcast. I am very excited to bring yet another guest into our podcast. The Next Level on Purpose podcast not only seeks to inspire, to inform, and to motivate our audience, but also helps us bring into perspective things that we never even thought about, especially as we consider transitioning from our nine to fives. The main demographic of this podcast is women who are desiring to move into their next level, whatever that looks like. And a lot of these women are women who are in corporate right now and are considering to launch either a business, have a side hustle, or just grow whatever growth and evolution looks like. And today, my guest is very special to me. And before I introduce her, I just want to give a little background. I was in Nairobi, Kenya, uh, 20, 20, it sounds like such a long time ago, and it's only two years. And I was literally uh, just about to board the plane back to the United Kingdom when I get a message on Instagram and the message from the person uh, that was like, I would love to have a chat with you, Joanne. I love what you're talking about, your vision. And are you having any events? Are you having anything upcoming? And I immediately responded, I'm literally just about to board, but I will get back to you as soon as I have a moment. And I can tell you for a fact that that little two minutes back and forth as I waited to board has led to a relationship that I must say is not only a friendship, but somebody that I absolutely value and hold with high regard in my life. So on that note, I'm going to introduce my guest. Our guest today is Kenan Babazi, Garyo Sabiti. Uh, her friends call her Kaine. I also call her Kaine. And she's known as a Ugandan travel enthusiast and freelance translator specializing in French and Spanish. Based in Kampala, Kene has worked for various international airlines and more recently in travel distribution in the East Africa region. Her experience in the industry has also included brief working periods at a leading hotel and a top travel agency in Uganda. Outside of travel, she loves to network and is an avid foodie and aspiring photographer. What a beautiful bio. Immediately I was reading it, I was like, I need to know what travel distribution means. I need to know how she learned all these languages. And we're going to get to hear a bit of that as we get into the episode. So let me bring in my guest, Kaine. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome to the next level on Papa's podcast. Thanks, Joanne. I'm so excited to be here. I can see the excitement. <laughs> I feel the excitement. You know, you're such a vibe. Oh. And I can tell you for a fact that the audience will absolutely adore you and they'll absolutely love to hear uh, from you. So out of curiosity, even before we go into the gist of the interview, I really want to know how uh, travel enthusiasm and freelance translation in French and Spanish, you're, it's evident that you're very multi-passionate, aren't you? Tell us a little about how you got into all these different elements, the travel and also translation. Well, it, it goes back to my childhood. Um, my, my father worked with the UN from a very young age. We, we became like this nomadic family. So we you know, we were moving from country to country every three to four years. And, you know, I, I learned how to, to adapt to new environments. And it's, it's something which, um, it's, it's a skill that you, you don't know you're learning it as you're learning it. So, uh, it's, it's something which my siblings and I are very blessed to have as, as a life skill where you can move to a new country and adapt and, you know, the culture, the people, the languages. And so, uh, I started speaking French from a very young age because we lived in Switzerland and we went to the local schools. We didn't go to the international schools. So my sisters and I, from the, the get-go, you know, we, we were speaking French. It was so funny because we would come on holiday to Uganda and uh, we didn't speak our, our local language at that time. And so when, when we're talking amongst ourselves or when we're fighting, we'd speak French. <laughs> so when my mom would hear French, she'd be like, oh, there's a fight going on. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, um, so that's where the travel came in because we are hopping on a plane to go home, hopping on a plane to go back to school. Um, it, it was kind of the norm. And I believe that's where my, my love for travel came. Um, I mean, my, my, my goal in life, when people ask me, what do you want to be? I wanted to be a cabin crew because I thought they looked so elegant walking in the airports in their beautiful uniform with their beautiful luggage. And I thought, okay, I, I want to wear that. I want to, I want to do that, you know, so. See, that's the thing, Kaimen, and I'm so glad that you brought that into perspective because when I talk about life purpose and I talk about you really, uh, getting a vivid vision of your life. It starts from some of these childhood experiences. Yes. Actually, as you've shared, you know, childhood trauma can lead you to your purpose and childhood dreams can lead you to your purpose. Yes. So I'm very, you know, intrigued because you've said it. And I say that sometimes the thing that we are created to do is literally right under our nose. You know, yes. and I can see based on what you've shared that your childhood experiences in terms of travel, in terms of the, that nomadic lifestyle that your parents put you in, in terms of the just being able to integrate with people from different communities, different countries, all this has led to where you're at right now. Now, I want to hear from you. So, what did you study? So, did you, because you talked about French, you talked about travel, you spoke about Spanish. <laughs> Tell us about your life. Um, so, all through school, I, I did French. I did it up to undergraduate level. And then I had the, the possibility of adding a second language. So, I, I actually had really advanced French. And then I started Spanish from scratch. Um, wow. I went to, to uni in the UK. And when you're doing European languages, it's a four year degree. So, at the end of the four years, imagine a gap. You you start with one language very advanced. You start from scratch. By the end of the four years, you need to have closed the gap. 
So I continued with the French and then Spanish. In my third year, I split the time. So I lived the year partly in France. I was in the south of France in Nice, living with a French family who knew no English. Uh, they had never had an African student stay with them. So that was very interesting. <laughs> and then I stayed for eight months in Spain, in Barcelona, fantastic city. Again, living with a little old Spanish lady. She was like a granny. Uh, she had never had a, a black student. She had never lived with a with an African student, a black person. So it was a very big um, learning. Because, you know, there are certain things you can't learn in a classroom. You have to live it. You know, things like when you're sitting around a table, eating food. There's certain things, no matter the books you have, you, you have to have that experience. And I was very fortunate because I was with good people. Um, like my French family adopted me like one of their children. Uh, to this day, we're still in touch with the family. You know, so I'm an auntie. The, my, the, their daughters have children who look at me like an auntie. So, you know, we've kept those ties. And uh, we, we continue speaking French and, you know, uh, we, we continue interacting. So, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. So that's how I learned. You know, when you're learning a language, you need to immerse yourself. Otherwise, there are certain things that you can't pick up just from a book. I like that because I work with many clients who, you know, just assume that you're going to pick up a book and you're going to get all these life lessons. And as you said, some things have to be lived. Yeah. Some experiences have to be lived for you to get them. And I want to hear from you what that means in terms of stepping out into your comfort zone, because I can only imagine, you know, I'm already I'm envisioning you with this French family in Nice. And then some months later, I don't know the duration in between moving to Barcelona with this little Spanish old lady. And I can imagine that was completely outside of your comfort zone. How were you able to just get on with it? Wow. Uh, it, it was, it was quite, it was quite tough uh, because uh, especially in Barcelona, because I, I went to a, a small university town in the Northeast of, of the UK, Durham University, um, just outside of Newcastle. So it's a very small community and I liked it because there are not so many streets. There are not so many, you know, so now you're in Barcelona, which is this massive city. It had just had a big boost with the Olympics uh, a few years before. This was in the 90s. I remember the first time I went on an underground train was in Barcelona and you just have to figure it out. And what does that mean? It means reading the road signs. It means talking to people and asking for directions. And that's part of practicing the language. That's part of living in the culture. So uh, that, that was uncomfortable at first because, you know, I was used to being in the comfort of family and there's someone who can guide you. And, oh, I know a driver. You know how it is back home. I know a driver who can take you there. And you know how your parents worry about you. And they're like, no, ask cousin so-and-so. But here you're out in this big European city. There's no mom. There's no dad. Figure it out. You know, but you can read, you can write, you can talk. So figure it out. So it was a big culture shock. The food is different. Um, even people's attitudes, they're not so used to seeing black faces. Well, in, the, in those days, that was late 90s. Um, so, you know, it, it was, it was a different dynamic, but it was, it was great. I, I loved it. Um, and there were other students with me as well. So we, we figured our way, but bringing it to where I am now, I still loved the travel and I got an opportunity to get a holiday job working.
working for an airline and I had to go back and study uh, travel and tourism because I'd only studied languages. Um, so I had to go back to, to do my postgrad in travel and tourism and now come back and work for the airline. But the added benefit was being able to speak a language. And so the, the the airline that I worked for was actually Kenya Airways, and they were in West Africa, and they were in Cote d'Ivoire, and they were breaking out in that country. So it's the, the people that they were dealing with are mostly francophone. So it was good for them to have someone who could get the English material, translate it into French, and then disseminate it to sell to the airline as part of the communication. So that's where the airline experience started. So talk to us about then here you are working with Kenya Airways. What has your journey in travel been like? Because I know by the time I was meeting you, you're working with yet another travel organization based in Nairobi. So um, when I when I left West Africa, um, I came back to Uganda, and that was actually my first time coming to live and work in Uganda because I wasn't born there. I never went to school there. So I thought, okay, I have an opportunity to come back. Now, when I came back to Uganda, I actually worked now with British Airways, which was great because it reconnected me with the UK where I had studied. So that was a nice link. Um, so I worked for British Airways for about four years, and then I joined another company, which is in travel distribution. It's called Amadeus. Basically, it's the systems that travel agencies, airlines, hotels, the systems that enable them to make bookings, the system that checks you in, the system that prints your boarding pass. That's what Amadeus does. And so my clients are not the travelers. My clients are now the travel agencies, the airlines. So uh, they were opening an office in Uganda. So I headed that office, but the regional office for East Africa was in Nairobi. So then after about seven years, I moved to the regional office. I changed roles. It was now a more senior role at regional level. And that's when I moved to Nairobi, um, where I was now overseeing 12 countries as opposed to three. Wow. <laughs> what people don't realize is that there is, you know, yes, we can get a quantum shift. We can get a quantum leap. But everything adds up. You see, here you are going to school in different countries, integrating with the culture, moving into environments that you never, ever thought you'd ever be in, then going and taking your postgraduate certification in travel, and then finding this Kenya Airways job uh, in Cote d'Ivoire. And then after that, finding you for the travel distribution work and then moving into a more senior uh, role within the same organization in Nairobi. And people just think that they can just shoot up from nowhere and just move up the corporate ladder or become CEO, like just out of nowhere. Yes, granted, you know, some people may stumble upon a stroke of luck or whatever you call it, or it may just be their fortune that that is their path, but for the normal person, there has to be an ascension path. There has to be a way that you have to go from one level to the next. You know, it's even spiritual. You have to move from one level to the next. Talk to the audience, Kenny, about that, because I find people, especially in my work when I'm coaching them, expecting microwave results, expecting that they're just going to literally sign up with a coach and the next day they're making $10,000 a month or send up with a coach and after a month they've quit their job and they've launched this amazing business. And I'm telling you that 
can be a huge recipe for disappointment because real life does not work like that. Please talk to us about the importance of, you know, understanding that you take it a level at a time, be patient with the process, understand that everything that happens in our life is there to teach us. I want you to speak into that a little. Absolutely, Joanne. You are, you are so spot on. Um, it, it just does not happen overnight at all. And actually, I can say that today, and this is 2022, 2023 will be 20 years since I came back to Uganda. I came back in 2003. And actually now is when I'm starting to realize and feel the benefits of the work that I put in. Um, I'll give you an example. When I, when I came back to Uganda, 2003, um, even some Ugandans would look at me and they didn't really believe I was Ugandan. I don't kind of sound very Ugandan. And they're like, mm, this one, she's never lived here. What does she know? So I literally put myself in the trenches and in the travel industry in particular, it's all about relationships and trust. If people trust you, then they open up to you and then you can have dialogue. But if people feel, oh, you know, I don't like the airline you work for and, you know, you, you, there's a lot of humility. You have to come in with a lot of humility as well and listen to people. And I was quite young. I was in my late 20s in those days and I just listened to people. And also the people in the industry at that time were older than me. So, you know, they've got more experience. You listen to people, you take on board what they're saying, acknowledge where things have gone wrong and then give feedback. So I was always, I was out in the field talking to travel agents every day, coming back to the team at the office and saying, people are saying this, people are saying that, how can we correct this? How can we correct that? And you build on that. And then when people start to see, oh, she listened, we told her that we were unhappy about this. And like, there's one time when the aircraft, people would complain that they're sending old aircraft. And one time they sent different aircraft and they're like, oh, wow, they're listening to us. Things are changing. And when people do that, it builds trust. Similarly, when I moved to Amadeus, Amadeus was a new system. So people had been used to another system. And it's not to say the other system is bad or anything like that, but this is something new. And with new things, people are uncomfortable. There's that change management that people have to go through. So you have to make them trusted. But already, if they see you as a person who they trust, then they they make time to listen to you and then they believe you and they give it a try. And that's how you grow the business. So over seven years, we went from having less than 5% market share. By the time I was moving to Nairobi, we were close to 20% market share. And that's because the industry's growing. People are seeing the benefits of what you're doing. So you don't go into it talking badly about your competitor. No, I used to tell my team this. I'd say, no, don't use the other one because it's bad. No, I'd be like, no, don't talk badly about the other one. You talk about yours and say why yours is good. And, you know, things like that. And they would actually say, you never talk badly about your competitor. And I'm like, but I know they're there, but I'm not about them. I'm focusing on what I'm doing here. So it's about building relationships and trust. For me, that's the thing. And so even now, there are many people who knew me from 20 years ago and who, who are still in the industry. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you're back. Nice to see you. Oh, you're doing this. You know, where are you now? What's happening? And because I had maintained those good relationships, it builds on. So if I come with something new, they'll listen. They'll make time for me. If I request an appointment, they'll give me the time because that trust and the relationship is there. But it takes time and really a lot of effort. Yeah, and now that you've talked about relationships, I'd want to hear from you how best 
people can leverage relationships. One of the best things I love about being a coach is having the privilege to work with all sorts of people, different personalities, different strengths, uh, different ways of thinking, and sometimes in group dynamics, there will always be people who have different opinions or different ways of doing things, and that's perfectly fine. However, I've realized that what has worked for me in terms of building my business is ensuring that I remain connected to my clients even after they have finished working with me. I know lots and lots of people who, you know, once a relationship is done, like, okay, I finished the program with a person, it's over, it's done, bye, see you, and, you know, it's done. But I've learned to nurture relationships. And, of course, in anything in life, not every relationship is meant to move to the next level. Let's be very clear about that. However, I've come to realize that my most valuable clients, the ones who get the most results, the clients who are aligned to me and what I teach, somehow we remain connected. Like it's years down the line. You know, you're one of the people who listens to the podcast every single week, right? And you you always give me feedback. And you know, what you just said, feedback is so essential. Why must we maintain connection, Kaini? For me, I think it's always been something that I have done, even from childhood and friends, because, you know, we, we changed different schools. We, we would move from one country to another. And, you know, I remember when my dad would come home and, and announce, oh, we're going to move and we would cry <laughs> real hot tears. Why are you taking us away? We have our friends, you know. And so as technology and so on has evolved, thank goodness for things like Facebook, because now I can reconnect connect with uh, friends from high school, from university. Now we have WhatsApp groups because, you know, people's families are growing and I I was able to attend people's weddings and, you know, see their babies. So uh, for me, those connections are vital. I can't imagine life without them. And more so in business, Um, you know, business cards. I was just going through a pile of business cards the other day. And even, you know, when you have multiple phone handsets, I am so diligent about going through contacts and keeping them because you just never know who you could, who could connect you to the next person. Um, I mean, everybody has their own individual networks. I mean, by virtue of being connected to you, Joanne, I have branched out and I have come to know so many different ladies and I would like to be that kind of a connector as well. You know, someone knows me and I can connect them to someone else and, and so on. So for me, I just can't imagine a life without maintaining those contacts because you just never know. You have something that someone else needs and someone else has that something that you need, whether it's in business, whether it's personal, you just never know where those connections can take you. The reason I brought this question is because last week you and I had a catch-up call and you shared with me about how you recently reconnected with somebody and something just came out of that very quickly. Would you be okay sharing with the audience a little bit of that experience? 
Absolutely. I had um, my handset with my Kenya number and I don't usually use it, but the handset where it's in has an app that I sometimes use. So as I was using that app, I decided to just check. I saw there were some WhatsApp messages and I found a friend of mine was desperately trying to get in touch with me. She had sent several messages and I hadn't responded and it wasn't It it was out of character for me because I respond to messages. So I sent her my Uganda number and within two hours, she had connected me to uh, a gentleman who was looking for a translator. And so I ended up, this gentleman, pure, complete stranger to me. I don't know him. It's just my friend who is the common denominator. And because she had given such a glowing reference of me to him, he called and he said, okay, I noticed you're in Uganda. And we had a conversation for about 30 minutes and there's a potential for for some work for me. And just like that, a simple action, if I had ignored that message, what could I be missing out on, you know? And it's as simple as that. Um, keeping contacts, it's it's vital. Yes, and I'm in a coaching mastermind myself where, you know, what I have connected with all the ladies, it's a very intimate one, and I've connected with the ladies in, in such a personal way. And we usually have a catch-up call, you know, every week or the, or the other, and one of the ladies sends me a message and she's like, oh, Joanne, I would love us to do a live event together. I want us to do a collaborative workshop, you know, in the next couple of months. And I'm like, sure. And we literally sat down pen on paper and the event date has been set. Tomorrow, I'm literally going to book the hotels, book the space, get the wheels in motion. But it came from one simple question. Can we do a event together? I could easily have been all all over the place. Oh, I, I don't have space in my coaching calendar. Oh, I have all this ha- stuff happening. But for me, I know the power of collaboration because she's bringing in her networks. I'm bringing in my networks. She's bringing in her knowledge. I'm bringing in my knowledge. She's bringing in her expertise. I'm bringing in my expertise. And together, you know, we can do so much more. And now yes. this uh, event is literally going to be happening, you know, in, in about two months and we are fleshing it out. We have the venue. We have the numbers that we want there. We are already talking to our photography team. We are working, literally working so closely together to make this a reality. And that's why if you're listening to this podcast and you feel that you can live life on your own, I just want to tell you that no man was created an island. We are here to support each other. You never know the person sitting next to you on a train, a person sitting next to you on a bus, a person sitting next to you in a matatus, somebody sitting next to you anywhere in whatever event or forum could be the person who will lead you to your next breakthrough, could be your next destiny connector. I can tell you for a fact I've had miraculous things happen in terms of networks and connections just by simply, as Kenneth said, dishing out a business card here and there. And then once you align with these people, once you get to connect with these people, maintain their relationship, you know, maintain their relationship and not for because you're going to get anything out of it, simply because you truly care. Every so mm. often, reach out to the person. Hi, Kaine, how are you? It's been a minute since we spoke. Can we jump on a five-minute conversation? I just want to hear mm. how you're doing. Let's jump on a five-minute phone call. I want to catch up with you. 
It's as simple as that. There is a unique purpose and divine calling that only you can feel in this world. As a trailblazing professional, it is very likely that you are extremely gifted. You have a lot of talents, skills, and experiences that you bring to the table. You are multi-passionate and have lots and lots of bright ideas and amazing contributions to share with the world. But sometimes you feel very overwhelmed as you're not too sure where to start and what to focus on. You need a clear strategy and a step-by-step action plan to support you. Do not worry, I get it. Why? Because I was there. Your purpose is as unique as you are and will definitely evolve as you move through life. And sometimes it's the most unconventional path that could lead you to your true north. This journey can sometimes be very hazy and ambiguous, and you'll find that you desire to have someone who gets it, a companion on this journey, someone objective, not judgmental, but knowledgeable, someone who took their own leap of faith into the unknown and came out safely on the other side to walk closely with you, someone compassionate, but also unbiased, who can really help you see your areas of strength and help you figure out what and where to pay attention to, help you see your blind spots and what to leverage on in whichever season of life you're in. If you're serious about creating your life by design, not by default, then let's speak. Please go to the show notes and you'll find a link to schedule your 30-minute complimentary clarity call with me. Go on, do it best decision you will make. You know, I strongly feel that to get to where you are in life, you've encountered some challenges. You have encountered some obstacles. Most people would be listening to the beginning of this podcast and they would be like, oh, she's had such a perfect life, digital nomad, speaking all these languages, working with such top travel businesses and doing all this amazing work, rising up in the corporate ladder, lucky her, beautiful her, yeah, yada, yada, yada. And the list goes on to what people would be picking up from that. But one thing I know is that even though we go through lots of success in life, there are curveballs that come our way. There are things which are literally rotten eggs thrown at our faces and we have no choice but to receive them. Yep. Can you tell us about some of the challenges that you may have experienced or some of the rotten eggs that life may have thrown <laughs> at your face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Joanne, you, you are so right. I mean, I always, I'm so thankful to God. I, I feel that I, I've really been blessed to have had some amazing, amazing experiences. And I don't take them for granted. But life has balance, you know, and with with the good comes the not so good. And the most recent one that I can share, uh, which really was like an earthquake for me, was just before the pandemic broke out in 2020. At the end of January 2020, I was laid off from my job of 12 years. Um, I had never worked somewhere for 12 years, you know, and uh, I was laid off, you know, with a month's notice. And it really shook me to my core because I loved what I was doing. I was 
in a senior position. It was a great company. I, you know, there was everything to like. Of course, work has its challenges, but that's what everybody goes through and you overcome them. So that was a very difficult period for me. And uh, it was around that time, actually, that uh, you and I found each other because now I needed guidance. I felt like I was in this storm and I couldn't see my way through and I just didn't know what to do because I'd always worked. Um, Even as a student in my holidays, I would get a holiday job. So, you know, if there was one constant for me, it was work. And when I pour myself into work, I would see results. So now if you take the work away from me, what am I left with? You know, so so I would say that was the biggest uh, the biggest curveball and, and the most challenging one that I've had to deal with. And for me, this was truly the time when I came to appreciate what a coach can do and how necessary it is. Because I'd done a lot of group trainings and, you know, the typical corporate trainings that you do. Um, I'd done a lot of those, but never, you know, this serious like one-on-one let's figure out the next steps for your life kind of coaching. And I'm so glad our paths crossed. (laughs) I'm so happy you say that because we think we can figure out stuff on our own and very well, some stuff we can, but there's stuff where you literally can't see the wood from the trees or the trees from the wood. You know what I mean? Like you, you're literally at your wit's end. You literally feel like you've been thrown on a wall and you're just banging on the wall and expecting a response from it and nothing is happening. And that's where you need an unbiased person you know you need somebody as I always say your coach is not your mom your coach is not your dad your coach is not your sister your coach is not your spouse your coach is a very independent entity somebody that you have brought into your life to help support you not only you know they will not figure out your life for you like that but they will guide you to make the best decisions for your life because an empathetic coach a compassionate coach a coach who knows what they are doing is able to see things in you that you may not necessarily see in yourself. So I want to hear from you, what are some of the things that you are not seeing in yourself that your coach, yours truly, was able to identify? I, you know, my my work combined my love for travel and my use of languages and all of that. It all sort of melded into one and then other duties and things that I did. But we now were in a situation where travel is not happening because we're in a global pandemic. Borders are shut down. Nobody's traveling. So, you know, your typical things are not happening. Conferences and all those events that I used to organize, they're not happening. So what next? Um, And you actually opened my eyes to what are the other skills that you have? You still speak languages. People are still needing, you know, translation services and everything. And you've got those skills. You can now monetize them because I'd be, you know, people would send and say, oh, what's the word for this? Or, you know, friends would quickly send you emails or or messages. Oh, can you just, I have this one line. How do you say this in French? Or how do you say this? And you just kind of do it without thinking. But now there are people who are sending you entire documents, you know, or entire presentations for a conference and you can monetize that. And when I would now state a price and people would be like, okay, I'm sending it to you. And I'd be like, what, you're not going to argue? You're not going to, you know? And literally it became an income for me during the pandemic because 
what I know is travel. And so, you know, aside from that, what else did I have? I had the language skill. And so it was sharpening up on that and using it, monetizing it. And the thing that you made me see and change my mindset on was it's not all doom and gloom. There is still ways you still have skills within you tap into them. And I think someone who would have been closer to me, like a family person, may not necessarily have said that. But you who is standing objectively and looking at me, you were able to call it out and and make me realize. And for me, that's the value. It's not all doom and gloom. And I recently did a Facebook Live, which again, you listened to. And I did share how, you know, we do not recognize how much giftings we have. And I said in that video that if you strip me out of everything and leave me with my purpose, because that's the core of what I was given, you take away everything that I know, my home, my family, my everything, leave me as a shell, but leave me with my purpose because your purpose is the core of who you are. That's why you're put on this earth. I will pick up my pieces. I am that confident about that. And you being able to recognize your gifts and understanding your strengths and understanding your purpose in this world and being able to use it, you know, as a someone who has been in employment for so long, I know there are some challenges that came in terms of, oh my God, can I monetize this? Oh my God, how am I going to price it? You know, how did you get your, yourself to that mindset that actually I can do this? Because a lot of people in corporate, Kaine, and the audience listening, you know, have a gift, they have a talent, but they're like, oh, I'm not sure I can hack this. I've been employed for too long. Who will buy? Who will? And you have all these questions. But the gift is yours. The gift Mm -hmm. is yours to multiply. The gift is yours to amplify. The gift is yours to share with the world. So you went through some of those struggles, didn't you? How did you definitely the mindset of now that, you know what, I can actually do this? First of all, I, I came from a place of, you know, I'm the one who's in need. I need this income because I need to survive. And um, if I don't ask, how will I receive? It's not just going to rain down from heaven on me. I have to ask. And so when I ask, let me be bold. What is the absolute worst, worst, worst thing that someone will say? They'll say no. And that is the worst that they'll say. Of course, there are those who tried to haggle with me. But then again, it also falls back to all these other things um, that we talked about earlier. If you've built up a good rapport with people, if you've got goodwill with people, if you're someone who people look at as trustworthy and dependable, and if they understand the situation that you're in, they won't question. They'll be like, do you know what? This is going to help you? Of course, no problem. Do you know what? I know my friend so-and-so. Let me also send them a word. I'm going to ask them to call you. I think they can also do something for you. And so it starts a snowball effect. And, you know, someone is referring to someone else. These are the networks, you know, because people trust you, because people know you, you know. And so it, it all adds up. But I think where I was able to just muster up was the boldness. And I said to myself, what is the worst thing they'll say? The worst thing they'll say is no. And it's okay. I'll move on to the next person. And maybe I'll get five no's, 
but maybe there'll be three yeses. That's still a win. But if you don't ask and you sit quietly, who will even know that you have something to offer? So that for me was uh, the mindset that I went out with. Yeah. A closed mouth don't get fed. Simple. Yeah. So if you don't ask, you're not going to receive. And as you said, you know, ultimately we all have something that we can offer the world. So I want to bring us to the here and now. What are you up to? What are you doing right now? What's your main area of focus right now, Kaine? Right now, I'm, um, I feel like I'm in a transition phase and I'm kind of getting comfortable with it. I'm in between jobs, if I can put it that way. But uh, I'm, I'm focusing a lot on my translation work because there is, there is a need for that. With the world opening up, more and more conferences now are, are moving back to in-person. So there's there's a need for, for conference work and, and people need documentation translated. And then people are also traveling and they want help. Many companies shrunk down the workforce. And so you find people whose workload has doubled. And um, some people that I know of are having to do extra duties and they're feeling overwhelmed. So I step in and try and help them with the overwhelm. You have a, an event you want to organize. Okay, what do you need? I, I help with them with logistics and finding out venues and things like that while they work on other aspects of it. So I feel like that's good for me at the moment. It gives me flexibility. I'm working at my own time. And so far, that's working for me. That's what I'm doing. Wow. I love that. So what's one piece of advice that you'd give to someone thinking of leaving the safety of their corporate job to go into full-time or even part-time entrepreneurship? You know, for me, it started off, and I think I've, I've had conversations with you, Joanne, where I've said, I feel like a restlessness within me. And, you know, we all have the, that inner voice that speaks to you. And before I used to be very good at suppressing it. And I'd be like, ah, oh, no, I, I don't, I don't want to talk to you right now. I don't want to hear what you're saying. And because we've been in a pandemic, we've been in lockdown, I've had time to sit with that voice and she talks a lot <laughs> and she has, she has things to say <laughs> and she's often very right. So I've learned to, to give her audience when she pipes up. And lately she's been telling me, I think you should be doing your own thing. I think you should be managing yourself. Um, get out of that employee mindset because the employee mindset is, it has been a safety for me. It's, it's what I've known for over 20 years. And so stepping out into this entrepreneur thing of being my own boss, it sounds good. But when the rubber hits the road, it's, <laughs> it's scary. And there's some people who do it really well. Um, what has helped me as well is investing in myself and in programs to learn more, to read more. And it's been so, so eye-opening. So uh, it's been a lot less Netflix, a lot more reading, and it's been invaluable. Uh, one of the books that has really touched me, I, I read it towards the end of last year, and I want to read it again is by a lady called Cherie Carter-Scott. Mm -hmm. And the book is called, If Life is the Game, These Are the Rules. And it's basically 10 lessons on how to be human. And she's done other follow-up books, but basically they're different lessons on life and what it is to be human. And one of the ones that really struck me is 
you don't make mistakes. It's just a lesson that you've not learned. Mm. And until you learn the lesson, that thing is going to keep happening to you again and again and again. So it makes me look at my life and I say, what is the thing that keeps happening to me? Why is it keep happening? Why does it keep happening? It means there's a lesson I need to learn. So I would say, read. You know, sometimes we get lazy with reading and we, we don't make time for it, but get back into it. I will admit I didn't, I, I would be too busy. No, I've got too much work. And then after work, I'm too tired. And then it's just an excuse and you brush it off, but make time to read because people have written things. And when you now look back on your own life and you're like, oh my goodness, and you can see how this applies to you in a very personal way. Um, and I think also having interacted on your different platforms, Joanne, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours. <laughs> you read a lot and you share a lot of the, the books that mm -hmm. you recommend. And, you know, I read the book and I'd be like, I know why she told me to read this. She knows why I needed to read this, you know. So I would say read, 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 read. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I cannot even add much about reading because reading changed my life. I've always been a bookworm. I've always been a little nerd, you know, with my little books, seated in a little corner, reading my books. And in, in as much as I'm very, you know, pretty extroverted, I have my own little world, me and my books. The books transport me into a place nothing else can ever take me. No movie will ever take me to a place where a book will take me. You know, just reading something from one sentence from a book can completely shift your life. And I always tell people, why go for the long route of trying to figure things out? Whereas somebody has sat down, done their hard work for you, spent yeah. two years, three years, four years researching all those things, put them compact into a book, which you can gorge in a day, two days, three days. Why would you not read it. I think of some of the books I've read, you know, in my life that have completely transformed my life, you know, and um, currently reading The Road Less Traveled. Uh, another book that I love is You Squared by Price Pritchett. It's a little mm -hmm. book, little, like you dismiss it. But that book is just priceless in terms of understanding quantum shifts and quantum leaps and some of the things that we need to do to really change our lives. So apart from reading, I just want to hear, Kaime, what are some of the habits that you have inculcated in your life that have helped you to move forward in life? I pride myself on being an organized person. I like to plan and in, in the corporate world and, you know, I was that person, I had the nice diary and, you know, everything nicely penciled in, color coded, what, but I used to have very bad habits in terms of I would wake up and not have breakfast. Mm. I'd say, you know, a few minutes to have breakfast or extra 10 minutes in my bed, I'll sleep. <laughs> you know, so so it's, it's things of getting into a morning routine where I wake up at a certain time and um, have a moment where I, you know, have some quiet time and do a gratitude and, you know, read or I listen to podcasts. I like podcasts in the morning. Usually that was my thing when I was driving to work or, or you know, now as I'm making my coffee in the morning, put on the podcast, listen to that and having a journal where I can just 
brain dump. You know, sometimes there are all these things in my head. It doesn't necessarily make sense, but just dump them on paper, then sort them out and rewrite them neatly somewhere. So journaling is is also a very important habit for me, especially when there's decisions to be made. There's, you know, ideas and, and things like that. I find there's something therapeutic about writing. Typing just, it's not the same. Pen on paper, there's something about that. So I would say those are the big habits that I've been able to do. And, you know, making time for breakfast, at least have my coffee and something to eat in the morning and, you know, drink a lot more water than I was drinking before. Uh, I'm moving around a lot more. I have a watch now that counts my steps. So, you know, I've got my weekly goals for steps. They seem like small goals, but for me, the small ones are the more achievable ones because then, you know, when I can tick it off and say, wow, I've actually exceeded my steps. You know, in fact, my app was saying, now you need to up your goal. You can't stay here, move up, you know? So, um, I think sometimes we look at things and we make them so big and then it's easy to say, nah, I'll never achieve that. And then three months into the year as a goal, you've completely put it on the shelf. Whereas if you make it smaller and more achievable and you say, do you know what, this month I'm going to read two books. And then you find you've read three bonus. Well, you know? yeah. So um, for me, for me, it's like that. And, and I'm trying to develop and cultivate consistency. So it's sticking to the habit. It's not good that the habit lasts only a month or two be consistent, let it be a part of life. So that's what I'm working on. I'm I'm a work in progress. <laughs> we all are. And you know what you just said, you know, if you sit, if you want to write a book, you write a page a day for 365 days. How many pages are those? 365 pages. You uh, decide that you're going to have a weight release plan of two kilos a month. And you consistently maintain the two kilos a month for a year. How many kilos are those? 24 kilos, right? You decide that you're going to save $50 a month. In a year by 12 is $600. It's just those little incremental steps. I said, I'm going to do a podcast a week. We started on the 1st of January. Now, by the time we release this podcast, I don't even know what number it will be. (laughs) It just means that I record one podcast at a time. So let's not put ourselves in unnecessary pressure. All you need to do is the one thing now. And that compounding effect, it's going to take its own natural path. So for me, I stopped stressing about things. As you said, what's my goal today? My goal is 10,000 steps. Take the first step. During the day, do another 20 minutes. Go to the gym, do this. And in no time I look and I'm like, I have my 10,000 steps done mm-hmm. like that without me even having to monitor them. Exactly. That is so important. And I want to hear from you what the next level on purpose means to you. I want to hear in the next, by December 2022, What are some of the things you want to achieve? And then what does your next level mean to you? Wow, my next level. I have um I have some financial goals that I, I want to achieve. So I'm hoping that I can stabilize and regularize my income. I really want to make my translation work a more steady and stable uh source of income. 
And I also want to grow the travel side and be able to offer people experiences. For me, I feel that, you know, travel, it's not just about getting from point A to point B. As you go there, what is the experience? And many people are are discovering domestic tourism as well, because some people are still a little bit anxious about traveling internationally, you know, with everything that that involves. But there's so many beautiful places locally that people can discover. And I'm fortunate to know some friends who are also building and and coming up with such places. So, you know, growing that aspect of my business and giving people very nice, very authentic local experiences as well. And for me, I see it as another way of discovering Uganda because I've been living outside of Uganda for Uh, almost seven years. And so being back home, I feel like I'm also rediscovering. So yes, by December 2022, I'd like to be, you know, relaxed, comfortable, not worried about finances and, you know, oh my gosh, where's my next payment coming from? Work is flowing. I want to be learning more myself and uh, increasing my knowledge and maybe gaining some new skills. What that looks like right now, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but uh, like I said, I, I feel I'm a work in progress, but I feel getting out of what is comfortable is the only way to do that. So being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Being comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's where we're going to leave this podcast today. Being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Kaine took the big leap. Kaine has shared with us different experiences that she's had in life. And I can say for a fact that having worked with her and experienced her she has so much to offer the world and you know we will definitely be sharing in the show notes um, ways to contact her if you have translation services or you need a travel package so that you can create unforgettable experiences with your family and friends she's your girl so we'll definitely be spotlighting that in the show notes look out for her contact information i know she will be able to create something that you will absolutely, absolutely remember for the rest of your life. So Kaine, I just want to hear your parting shots, share with the audience, you know, just tell us something from your heart, deep from your heart. Could be anything in life that you want to impart to the people. Go for it. I would say never ignore that small voice that speaks to you from the inside. Listen to that small voice. And when the time is right, be bold. Ask for the moon. You never know what you will receive. And uh, be bold. Be bold. Because those, those bold steps can lead to unexpected blessings and unexpected opportunities. And I can say that from experience. That's phenomenal. Those bold steps can lead to phenomenal experiences, magical experiences. Thank you so much, Kaine. It's been such a delight, such an honor having you on the next level on Papa's podcast. If you have not subscribed, reviewed or rated the podcast, I would encourage you to. In this space, as I said, it's my passion to ensure that you're equipped with all the tools that will help you not only transform your life, but the life of others while walking in alignment 
with your purpose and your soul calling. So until next time, I will love you and leave you. And Kaine and I will both wish you a wonderful, wonderful week. So Kaine, do you want to say bye to the audience? Let's say bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. And Joanne, thank you so much. It's been such a joy talking with you. Thank you. Such an honor, such a delight. Until next time, everybody, we will leave you and love you.